You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk Church. It is so great to be with all of you this morning. I hope you all had an incredible Thanksgiving holiday with your family and your friends, my family and I, we traveled to uh, Tennessee and Kentucky to spend the holiday with our families there and to celebrate with um, the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, of course, and uh, going to the basketball game and the football game uh, yesterday. We're on our way back to Florida today, and we are excited to be with you all in the house next Sunday as we begin to celebrate this Advent season. And speaking of Advent, today is actually the first Sunday of Advent, which marks the season of the celebration of the initial arrival of Jesus Christ here on the earth. And over the course of the four Sundays of Advent, we will light different candles on the Advent wreath, signifying different aspects of the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. Today, we light what is often referred to as the prophet's candle. Its color is purple, signifying the royalty of the coming king that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. And it represents hope, the hope of Israel anxiously awaiting the coming of their Messiah. And that same hope that they had is our hope today as well as we await the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we light the candle this morning, let's enter into prayer together. Father God, every word in scripture points to the gift of hope that we have because of Christ Jesus. The Christmas story wasn't the beginning of that message of hope because the Old Testament is full of glimpses of your plan to redeem your people and to restore them into a relationship with you. We can truly begin to see and understand just how great your love for us is when we read the story of Jesus' birth in Scripture. Lord, I pray that all throughout this Advent season and beyond, Lord, that you would help us to see that you are with us, that nothing is too difficult, too messy, or too dirty for you. Jesus came to give us the gift of eternal life, through the salvation that only you, our Heavenly Father, can give when we believe in your Son, repent of our sins, and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. That first Christmas, you gave us the gift of hope, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Today we thank you for your immeasurable gift. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Well, today we are wrapping up a series called Thanks Living, where over the past few weeks, we've been taking a look at what the Bible has to say about cultivating a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude and contentment. And so if you got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me to the Old Testament. Uh, We're going to be in the book of Psalms. If you're using a traditional Bible, paper Bible, you can open right up essentially to the middle of the book, and you should find yourself there in the book of Psalms. And we're going to land here in just a moment in Psalm 
136 together. So show of hands here this morning, how many of you already have your Christmas tree up? All right. I know that we do at my house, and it's typically the case that usually the first week of November each year, I have to climb the ladder up into the attic and get all the boxes down so that Sarah can decorate. We are those people. We are the early decorators for Christmas. But it's, it's not those of us, just those of us with our hands raised here this morning. Um, on November 1st, in stores across the country, shelves are cleared of costumes and candy to make way for trees and wreaths and lights and wrapping paper. The radio stations will begin to switch from their typical offerings and begin to play Christmas music instead. And it's, in some ways, it seems like Thanksgiving is a bit of an overlooked holiday. Like, it's a speed bump in the road on the way to Christmas. And, and if we aren't careful, you and I, we can begin to view Thanksgiving as little more than a hurdle to overcome on the way to the real holiday. You know, it's just something that we have to push through and endure and make it past until we can get to the main event. It reminds me of a cartoon I once saw in the newspaper. Maybe you uh, can remember or are familiar with the family circus. In one particular entry in the Sunday paper, shows the family at the grocery store picking out a turkey. And little Billy of the family circus told his mother, you know, Thanksgiving should come after Christmas because then we'd have so many more things to be thankful for. And I've come to find that this is only exacerbated now that Thanksgiving is over. The leftovers have all been eaten. The football games have all been played. And here in this moment today, we're knocking on the door of December and find ourselves, no doubt, knee-deep in uh, Black Friday offerings and deals. It's easy to just move right past all of this and, and, and get into full-on into the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season with its shopping and its parties and its cards and its gifts, and it's on and on and on and on. And I mean, sure, like, we may have been able to focus in on thankfulness and gratitude for a couple of days. You know, maybe through a Bible reading plan that we did. I know I did several of those um, in and around the subject of Thanksgiving. Perhaps you participated in a 30-day activity with your friends and family where once a day you would highlight someone or something, maybe on social media or via text message, that, that you were thankful for that day. Maybe you dropped off some canned goods for, uh, to go towards needy families in the community. And, and so it's, it's after all of that that we kind of tend to pat ourselves on the back. We, we feel good about everything that we did, and then we push it to the side until next November. Guilty as charged. I, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm the guiltiest of us all when it comes to that. And, and please don't hear what I'm not saying this morning. All, all of those things, the, the reading plans and the, the, the proclaiming what you're thankful for and the giving the needy families and, and any of the things that, that are, are in categories like that, they're all good and we should do them and, and we should celebrate them. 
But the truth is that Thanksgiving is so much more than just a day on the calendar or a season of the year. For the Christian, for those of us that have placed our hope and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Thanksgiving is not just a day, it's not just a season, it's meant to be a lifestyle. It's not just something that we focus on and engage with just one month out of the year. It's, it's something that should be at the forefront of how we live 24-7, 365. But it's easy to drift. Like, let's be honest, it's easy to drift from that. As November turns into December and the stresses of the Christmas season come upon us, Then the new year turns into February, and before you know it, we're bogged down in the middle of spring, stuck in the monotonous rut of life, as far away from the upcoming Thanksgiving season as we are from the one that existed previous. And it's in those moments that an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude can sometimes be difficult to come by. And so the question is, what do you and I do Whenever we find ourselves in that situation, when when Thanksgiving isn't at the forefront and when it seems impossible for us to somehow drag it there, what do we do in those moments? I believe perhaps the best remedy is simply to remember, to remember God's goodness, his faithfulness, the things that he has done not only in our lives, but the things that we've seen him do in the lives of other people. Which brings us directly to today's text of Psalm 136. Now, according to Jewish tradition, this particular psalm is called the great Hallel. And Hallel is the Hebrew word for praise. It's where we get the word hallelujah, meaning Praise Yahweh. And there are other Hallel Psalms, uh, particularly 113 through 118. But uh, being the great Hallel, this psalm would have been recited more often than those others. The Jews typically would have sung this psalm during celebrations such as Passover and Pentecost. And, And in fact, this is the psalm that the army of Judah sang when they marched against the three armies that had come against them, like we talked about last week. Another unique aspect of this particular psalm is the way in which it was written. It's a call and response psalm. And what that means is that the priest or the worship leader would have sung the first line of each stanza, and then the congregation would have responded by singing back to him, His faithful love endures forever. And in fact, that, as you will soon come to see, is the primary theme of this psalm. It's God's love for his people. And not only is it the primary theme of this psalm, but it's also the primary reason that you and I have to continue to cultivate a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude long after November has passed us by. Speaking of Psalm 136, Jonathan Romig says this. He says, the beauty of this psalm is it gives the congregation a chance to praise God together. In other words, it gives us a chance to praise God in unison. Together we can recount God's faithfulness and praise him for it. 
This psalm truly is a corporate prayer. It's an opportunity for us in one voice to pray and praise. And while I realize that I'm not in the room with you in person this morning, I'd still like for us to try and do this together as we work through this psalm over the next few minutes. And the good news is is that your part is pretty simple. And it's the same thing just repeated over and over and over. His faithful love endures forever. Let's try that all together on the count of three. One, two, three. His faithful love endures forever. So as we read through the different parts of this psalm today, I want to invite you to join in with me and read the refrain of his faithful love endures forever. And while you're preparing to do that, if you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you to maybe write these down. Five reasons we can continue to be thankful all year long. And all five of them are found right here in Psalm 136. And the first one of these reasons is we can be thankful because of God's position. We can be thankful because of God's position. We read together Psalm 136, 1 through 3. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Now your part. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. See, first and foremost, you and I, we can be thankful today simply because of who God is. The fact of the matter is that the God that we serve, he's not just any old God. He is the God that is above all other gods. The God that we serve today, he's not just any old authority. He is the authority over all authority. And the good news to all of us today is that he loves us and that he is good to those of us who trust in him because we are his children. Psalm 97 verse 9 says, For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. So today we can be thankful simply because of God's position, who he is. And even though we shouldn't need any other reasons to be thankful beyond that, like, like isn't that enough? If God, if God was nothing else, if he was just that to us and for us, that would simply be enough. But God, being the God that he is, he always goes over and above. And so there's, there's even four other reasons today that you and I can be thankful. Not just today, but all year long. The first one, we can be thankful because of God's position. Number two, we can be thankful because of God's power. We can be thankful because of God's power. Let's pick up in Psalm 136, reading together. Verse 4. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles, your part. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. 
Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. See, when, when you and I, when we're going along in our life and, and we find ourselves in a situation and, and, and it's difficult to be thankful, we're, we're not quite sure what is around us or in front of us that we can be thankful for. All we have to do is simply look around at God's creation. Because God's creation is a reminder of who he is and what he has done. We'll begin to see everything that God simply spoke into existence. And and it's this thought that if, if God is able to speak and give the oceans their boundaries, and God is able to speak and simply not just place the sun, moon, and stars in the sky, but he's able to speak and hold them there in those places, then how much more is he able to move in our situation? Matthew 19, 6 says that Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. You know, I don't know about you, but I've never created a planet. I've never told a body of water to stay there and not come past a particular boundary. There's very little that I've created outside of maybe Legos and popsicle sticks, but everything that we see around us exists because God spoke it into existence, because he fashioned it with his own hand. Those things that seem impossible that we come up against in our life, we can be thankful because though it seems impossible to us, with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible through him who simply spoke and the world came into existence. So the next time you find yourself in a situation where you're struggling to be thankful, you're just caught up in the rut of everyday life, look around and be reminded of the power of God's creation that he spoke and it came into existence. We can be thankful this morning because of his position. We can be thankful this morning because of God's power. Number three, we can be thankful because of God's protection. Because of God's protection. Psalm 136, picking up with verse 10, we read together, Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. Your part, his faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. 
Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. See, this section of the psalm not only refers to the Israelites' deliverance from Pharaoh and Egypt, but also from two very powerful kings known as Sihon and Og, who sought to overtake the Israelites as they made their way from Egypt into the promised land. And as we read those stories, we learn that at every single turn, God's loving hand protected the Israelites and granted them victory over their enemies. No army, no king, no political system or figure was enough to destroy God's people because God was their protector. And somebody in this house needs to know that it's the very same way for those of us today who place our hope and our trust in him. There is no principality, there is no power that is greater or that can overtake or overthrow us because God is our protector and he is working on our behalf. His loving hand is guiding us, leading us, directing us, and keeping us safe from those outside forces and influences that want to lead us astray, that want to destroy us along the pathway of our life. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 8. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And since we can't be separated from his love, that means that that overwhelming victory that is offered to us 
by his love is always ours, no matter what it is we are facing, no matter what it is we are coming up against. Now, now we may not be out in the Egyptian desert trying to, to get freedom from Pharaoh. We may not be on our way to the promised land and, and find ourselves in the wilderness coming up against uh, King Sihon and King Og, but whatever it is that comes our way, the Bible says the promise that we can lay a hold of is that overwhelming victory of our enemies and foes are ours because of God's love for us that was revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ. We can be thankful for God's position. We can be thankful for his power. We can be thankful for his protection. Number four, we can be thankful for God's provision. We can be thankful, not just today, but all year long for God's provision. Picking up in Psalm 136, verse 25, we read together, He gives food to every living thing. Your part, His faithful love endures forever. You need to know this morning that whatever it is you need, God is able to provide. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the need is. Maybe, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relational, maybe it's uh, with uh, uh, your job or your health or, or whatever it may be, whatever the need is, God is able to provide. And just because he isn't today doesn't mean that he can't. And just because he hasn't doesn't mean that he won't. This psalm is a reminder to us that, that even when we may not be able to see it, God is at work and at just the right time, he's going to come in and meet us at the point of our need. He's going to bring the provision that we've been seeking after all along. This is the promise that you and I can hold on to that, that the psalmist writes about in, in uh, chapter 37, verse 25. He says, Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. You need to know this morning that God sees you. God, God knows you. He recognizes you. And not only does he see, know, and recognize you, he sees, knows, and recognizes the need that you have in front of you today. He hasn't turned his back on you. He hasn't turned a blind eye on you. He is simply waiting at just the right time to show up and bring provision to your needs so that his glory can be revealed in your life. We've never seen the godly forsaken. We've never seen his children begging for bread. That's the promise that you and I have today when it comes to his provision. So we can be thankful, not just today, but every day for God's position, for God's power, for God's protection, for God's provision. And fifth and finally, we can be thankful today because of God's promise, because of God's promise. As we read the last verse of Psalm 136 together, give thanks to the God of 
heaven. Your part, his faithful love endures forever. His faithful love to us has been revealed through the gift of his only son, Jesus. And today, you and I, we can be thankful that because of Jesus, the power of sin and death has been defeated. Today, we can be thankful that because of Jesus, we have been given access to eternal life. Today, we can be thankful that despite the situation we find ourselves in this world, that the things in front of us are only temporary and that one day they are going to pass away and that for those of us who have placed our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are living for something so much more. We have an eternal inheritance to look forward to. And today, you and I, we can be thankful that because of Jesus, the best is yet to come. That is what we celebrate as believers, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day. And today we've all been invited to the table of the Lord to give thanksgiving for his love and his faithfulness to us by participating in communion together. And honestly, I can't think of a better way for us to close out this series. Perhaps in a seat, uh, your seat or one near you, you've got a cup that looks something like this. Or if you're watching with us online this morning, simply uh, grab a hold of whatever you have handy and we'll, we'll consecrate it and we'll ordain it to be used for communion this morning. So let's get ready to participate in this communion together as we close out this series of Thanks Living, how to cultivate a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude and contentment. Peeling back the first layer, we take the wafer. This is the body of Christ that was broken so that you could be healed and made whole. Take and eat. This is the blood of Christ poured out for the forgiveness of sin so that we could be set free. Take and drink. Let's pray together. Father God, we come together as your people today, full of thanksgiving and gratitude for all that you are to us and all that you've done for us. Today, we thank you for your position, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are exalted high above all other gods. Today, we thank you for your power, that with a simple word you spoke this world into existence, and that by your hands everything was made that has been made. Today we thank you for your protection, that no matter what evils may come our way, that you are greater, you are stronger, and that you will give us your victory. Today we thank you for your provision, that no matter what our need may be, you are willing and able to meet us at the very point of that need. 
Today, we thank you for your promise that your love for us endures forever and that it extends from generation unto generation and that it has been made evident to us by you sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in our place, granting us eternal life in the process. And God, we ask that you would help each one of us to be a, purpose, a person of thankfulness and gratitude, not only today, but every day, all throughout the year. And that by us choosing to live out a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude and contentment, that it would inspire other people, those around us, they would be inspired to follow after you as well. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand up together and sing to seal this word in our hearts as the band leads us in worship. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.